0: Welcome to HealthCom Central, where we unpack theories and frameworks that can help you create more effective communication to improve both health outcomes and health equity. I'm your host, Karen Hilliard, behavioral scientist and longtime communication practitioner. If you're looking for fresh approaches that get real results, you are in the right place. So let's get started. Hello, HealthCom nerds and HealthCom novices. Welcome to another episode of HealthCom Central. Today, we're going to be unpacking yet another framework that is one of the key classic frameworks used in many interventions and campaigns. It is one that I think has less utility for campaign planning or predicting what's going to happen in a campaign, but is very good to think conceptually about everything that's happening in the universe in which a particular health behavior takes place. So it's really a little bit of a systems thinking approach, very similar, has a lot of overlap with the whole idea of thinking about context, policies, systems, and environments that influence behavior. So it really is a precursor to a lot of the work that we're doing today around health equity, racial equity, and social determinants of health. And the framework that we're talking about today is called the social ecological model, sometimes called socio-ecological model. And I have yet to know whether one of those is more correct than the other. You see both terms used a lot. So Call it whatever you want. It's the SEM model, social ecological, socio ecological. It's a framework that will really help you think about the complexities of influence on a health behavior or the possibility of engaging in health behavior. So let's talk quickly about what is part of this model. As always, there is a link to An image with this model in the episode notes. So take a look at that. But I want you to imagine, if you're just listening to this and not able to look at that picture right now, I want you to imagine a series of concentric circles. So one circle around another circle around another. They're all nested inside each other. And there are five of them, five levels in this model. At the very center, you have the individual. The next circle going outward is the interpersonal level. Then, next circle, community level. Next circle, organizational level. And the final circle is the policy level. In many ways, it's pretty self explanatory when I say these terms. Although, if you're like most people, as you first hear about this, you may be saying, okay, well, I get individual and interpersonal levels. You have the the person, and then you have all the people that are around them, their families, their social networks, friends, neighbors, family, whatever. But what about community level? How is that different than organizational level? How is that different than policy level? Where are the differentiators? Those are good questions. And one of the frustrations sometimes in working with this model is if you try to adhere to it too closely, you will find that the definitions of what is in each of those outer three layers are a little murky and it can sometimes be hard to separate them. But again, conceptually, if you think about it sort of to get an idea of what is happening, if you use it as a way to picture or imagine the entire system that an individual or an individual behavior is happening in, it can be very useful. So let's talk about these three outer layers and what some of the differences are. Generally speaking, community level is focused on the physical and social environment So literally the surroundings of someone. But it can be a little bit hard to separate that community from social networks or social support. Is, for example, a house of worship part of the interpersonal level or is it part of the community level? Or is it part of the organizational level? You see what I mean? It could fall into a couple of those different categories. Aspects of it might fall into different categories. Generally speaking, though, if you think of the community level as the, the physical and social surroundings, so social norms, policies, access to resources in the community, and then think of organizational level as more like structures, and policies, and institutions, really, schools, work sites, the healthcare system. And finally, In that policy level, you're thinking more of government, thinking of laws, regulations, official policies that govern health behavior or their outcomes. I once worked on a research project that was using the social ecological model as the basis for developing different parts of an intervention. So we were developing things that hit at all five levels. And I know we spent a lot of time trying to figure out which level certain things went into. Like if you're talking about social media, are you talking about the interpersonal level because social media is made up of people's friends? Or is it the community or organizational level, especially if people are following organizations on social media? And then what happens if a person that they know, somebody who's clearly in the interpersonal level, shares information from an organization? Which category does it go in? We had enough trouble with this. And believe me, I was working with a very high powered team of researchers at the time. We had so much trouble figuring it out. It was really frustrating at times. I don't really recommend it as something that you're going to try to use precisely to predict exactly what's going to happen, but rather, again, to get that 50,000 foot view, to get that big picture of, okay, I've got a person whose behavior I want to change. What are all the factors that are influencing that? And if you think through each of these levels, interpersonal, community, organizational, and policy, and of course, think about the individual as well, all the things that they bring to the table, all their past experiences, their knowledge, their attitudes, their beliefs, their practices. You think about all those things together and sort of use this as a checklist, it can be very useful to be sure that you're not missing something, that you've covered all your bases, that you have developed interventions at different levels as needed to target different issues. And this can especially be important, again, conceptually, as you are thinking about how to address barriers that are caused by social determinants of health To be sure that you're not leaving any stone unturned, that you've addressed the community level, the organizational level, the policy level, to be sure you're leveraging whatever you can at the interpersonal level. And I think to be certain, not so much that you are depending on the individual to have the ability to choose their behavior every time, because clearly that's one of the issues in health equity, is that often people don't even have the possibility of making healthy choices, but that you're thinking about how that individual's knowledge, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors play into everything else, that you're playing to their strengths, building their self-efficacy, and providing the tools and knowledge they need to make a behavior change. Like I said, it's very tough to use this model to make exact predictions, but conceptually, we know a few things from it. First, that multi-level interventions are more effective than something that targets just one single level of the factors that influence people's behavior. If you think through all the pieces of this model, you will also be able to recognize what a significant impact environmental factors have, social norms, policies, and how interventions that modify the environment are going to be more effective than those that depend on the individual alone. My advice to you about where to include things in different levels is to not get too hung up on it. That question of what level social media should be placed in actually could go in almost any of them. It can be used to target individual behavior change by providing personalized messages or feedback to someone. It can obviously be used to facilitate social support and peer influence. It can share information in a community or create or build social norms around healthy behaviors. And at the policy level, it can be used to advocate for policy changes. Certainly at the organizational level, it is used frequently to communicate with people as well. And the one thing we haven't talked about that I usually mention as part of our discussion of theories and frameworks is where did it come from? And this model is actually based on something that was created by Yuri Bronfenbrenner, who was a social scientist studying influences on behavior, and created something that looks very much like the diagram that I'm posting for you, but with totally different names that are a little confusing. I'm going to post a diagram of that as well. But let me just say that It's rarely ever used when people talk about the social ecological model. Instead, it really just provided the seeds for the social ecological model, which in turn have provided some of the seeds of thinking and action on social determinants of health, health equity, health disparities, and a lot of other issues that are critically important and finally being recognized as such today. If you are interested in health equity, If you're interested in systemic solutions, if you're interested in how systems and environments influence people and how systemic solutions can address inequity, then you really need to take a look back at the social ecological model and understand that as a basis for everything that we do today. Take a look at the links I put in the episode notes. We're going to continue talking over the next few weeks about several theories and frameworks that have been really foundational in public health. So stay tuned in some upcoming episodes for the theory of reasoned action, the theory of normative social behavior, and some other highlights. If you're working in health communication, these are your roots. All of these frameworks have something to add when it comes to developing new campaigns and interventions. So Understanding them is really critical. Knowing these theories is part of being conversant in the field of health communication. So we are going to highlight a few of the most important ones over the next few weeks. I just want to say thank you again for hitting play on today's episode. And until next week, stay well, stay safe, and stay science-based. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment now to leave a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe to HealthCom Central on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have friends and colleagues who should be part of our community, please share the link.